welcome back to Inside Out. I am so excited to share with you this episode today. It is so powerful. So before we dive into it, I wanted to share with you this week's lesson. So this week's lesson came via an email from the universe, aka an email from my friend and hype girl, Katie Dean. I was sitting in the pits of self-doubt, fear of judgment and uncertainty when a notification popped up and I opened up this email and I just knew that I had to share it with you because it really just set up my week in a totally different perspective and I was able to shift some pretty negative energy I was feeling and I know that it will help someone else. She wrote, your truth is your truth. No one can take that. Your values are your values. No one can take them. Your relationships are your relationships. No one can join you in that. So let people say, do or feel how they want. It's not your job to convince them that you're right. Amen to that. I also thought that I would share my three affirmations I'm taking into the next month of June. One, I am not here to play small. Two, I am taking back my power. Three, what you allow will continue. I hope that resonates with you in some way. If it does, make sure you let me know. Let's dive into today's episode. So today's guest is Renee Taylor. Renee is a woman who has lived what would seem like several different lives. She has transformed through adversity and harnessed an unapologetic, ambitious, heart-led power that you can't help but feel empowered by just hearing her speak. She is a mama, entrepreneur, and in today's episode shares her story through motherhood and business and how she never plays small. We also chat on things like feminine and masculine energy, taking her power back, building her brand, and becoming emotionally bulletproof. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you do, please make sure that you share to your Instagram or leave a review. This is how you can support me to support more women who need to hear conversations like these. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Renee, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm absolutely wrapped to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Let's get stuck right in. But just quickly, for those that don't know you, can you give us a little snapshot into you and just a bit of your life? Sure. Well, my current life, I think I've lived a few lives. Mm. Um, but this life, I am um, I am a business owner. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I'm all the things um, <laughs> that us women are. Um, and yeah, so I run two companies. I run Mum Life Stickers, and I also have a supplement company with my husband, um, which is Axe Laboratories. Uh, in between that, we have four children, um, and we are just incredibly full of chaos and love in our home. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I also run a community of mums across Australia called the Mum Life Community, and yeah. um, that can be found on Facebook. And what we do is we create meets all around. Australia um, for mums just to go meet, kind of like no one knows each other, just little spaces for people to come and meet at a cafe or connect with a friend. Or so yeah, so I kind of got. A, I'm a community creator, creator, but I'm a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, um, and that word always triggered me for a long time. But I am an entrepreneur because like it's anything that we create, we create online and we create um, successful businesses. So that's really what um, I do, um, which is a big thing for me because I didn't come from that background mm-hmm. um I didn't come from that background of um you know I worked for people for a long time um so yeah I think that's that's me yeah I have two dogs and one bird <laughs> my goodness you sound so busy and obviously it would be a beautifully chaotic lifestyle just like my own I also have four children under my roof 
um, and two businesses and the podcast is a side hustle. No pets, thank goodness. I just couldn't handle the extra chaos. But I totally um, feel you there. It's it's busy, but it's beautiful, right? Yeah. 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 Look, there's a lot that I do want to unpack with you. Um, and obviously I do want to chat about your incredibly successful business and the online mums community that you've built as well, because I've heard so much about that and that is so exciting. But I know the business name, Mum Life Stickers, obviously, yeah. you know, did eventuate from being a mum. So mm-hmm. take us back to when you first entered that season of motherhood. I believe that you were about 18 when you had your first child. Yeah, so um, at the time when I was, like, before before pregnancy, I was always doing some sort of online work, some sort of online hustle, some sort of, like, you know, importing hair extensions or straighteners and selling them. So I was always dibbling and dabbling in the online world. Um, and then I obviously had a huge background in that. Um, and I ended up, you know, making a sticker and putting it on my car, getting a sticker made, sorry, and putting it on my car. And then I noticed, you know, my friends were asking for one. And then I, yeah, decided to start selling them. And then they just went, you know, they did for the first two, three years, they went absolutely insane. And even every day, you know, we drive around and we see them everywhere on back of cars. Mm. Um, and it kind of eventually like started from the, just the hashtag mum life sticker. And my goal was always to, was to be able to have a business where I wouldn't miss my baby's milestones. Um, my first, when I had my first, I went back to work 14 days after he was born. Um, I took him to work with me. Um, lucky enough, I had two different employers that allowed me to bring my baby. Um, I was a single mum then, so I went through my pregnancy and birth with him. Um, and yeah, so he came to work with me and he, I was working in an accounting firm in a baby store at the time. Um, and I let and it got to about the 15 week stage where they're not really newborns anymore. And um, I really struggled with him and I had to put him into childcare. He became really, really sick. He had asthma like myself and he spent a lot of a lot of his time at the Monash Children's with feeding tubes, breathing tubes. He got really sick from um, obviously being around other children. Um, and he, yeah, it was really hard. Like they the people like looking after him, the childcare educators, they wouldn't tell me when he um, had his first step or word or things like that um, because they didn't want me to feel like I missed it. So when I started mum life, it was kind of my purpose was mum life was to be able to create something that I was able to work around my babies and not miss that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because I knew my I knew my potential and I knew that I, what I was able to create if I put all my energy into something and I was able to be going and working for other people and creating such success for other people there was no reason I couldn't do it for myself this episode is proudly sponsored by author, holistic counsellor, meditation teacher and mother Tara Hegarty. Tara is a woman on a mission. She has overcome the heartbreak of miscarriage, the trials of IVF and the feelings of overwhelm and anxiety as a new mother. She wants to help 50,000 mums transform the beliefs that they should suffer in silence. She wants to show you that you can be deeply, profoundly happy and that you can have the power to make that happen. In Tara's recently launched book, Dawn Warrior, She invites you to harness your power and create a life that you love. The Dawn Warrior system goes beyond the usual self-care routine. If you are feeling depleted and overwhelmed, this book will change your life. Purchase details are in the show notes when you finish this episode. Go and treat yourself so you can start your journey to living a more joyous and fulfilled motherhood season. Um, and my obviously my core purpose and my drive was to ensure that I was always going to be able to be there for my babies and whatever they need and all their milestones. And I've been able to do that since. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had yesterday, we had special person day and, you know, I didn't have to rush off anywhere. I didn't even know what time it was. I was just there because I could be there. And also my husband was there because he could be there because we created this life of choice with a lot. We probably work more hours than we would for other people, but we, uh, we definitely live in a life where we create choice and um, around and our babies come first always like never ever does work come before them so I guess that was our value and our morals um and then yeah I grew from there that's amazing and I love that you've found somebody who obviously really aligns with your values and morals um because that can be really difficult when you you know everyone grows and evolves and especially when you have businesses together you see have different ideas and concepts of what you want but if you have the same core values and you can always revert back to that and that will just allow you both to meet back with the same ideas I suppose but that's really really special that you guys do have businesses that you can share together and things and and that balance surrounding you know, I am technically a stay-at-home mom. My husband does take the reins on our two businesses. Um, I worked in the business for four years and three years prior to that doing the same thing in a different business that we um, got out of. But, you know, when I be- did become a mom myself, I and then this stay-at-home mom role, I was f- resisting it so hard. I wanted to go back to work. I wanted to be this boss mom. I wanted you know, all of these things. And it wasn't until, you know, about a year in when I finally went, what am I doing? I'm not enjoying my son. Like I'm resisting him. I'm pushing him away. I'm missing the milestones. I'm not soaking in the moments because I think that I need to be someone else. Why can't Mm -hmm. I surrender to this? So it's interesting that you've um, worked so hard to create a balance where you get to be mum first and boss second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really love Absolutely. So when, when with your first son, you, I know that you became a a solo parent, what were some of the biggest challenges other than the the obvious being financial and your career was number one priority? What were some bigger challenges that you sort of, and obstacles that you got went through at that time for some mums that might be listening in the similar boat? Um, I think that there are lots of things was like, um, it was definitely feeling alone and feeling like you were missing out on things. Like I remember when I was pregnant and I was working, you know, I would, I would, it was underground car park and I would hop in my car and I remember what, imagine where they were going in their family and if they had a husband at home and then baby at home and like, I'd actually like visualize what their family felt like and I would kind of sit in it and I felt like, you know, I was really missing out you know, on that family unit and I felt like I wasn't good enough and, you know, I so bad, you know, my mum was a single mum and I had always said to my mum, I'll never be like you, you know, I'll never be like you and, um, I'll, you know, I'll have a husband and I'll be settled down and it was kind of like a grieving thing of something that I, you know, the picket fence and the husband that I always thought that I was, you know, going to have, you know, I was going to have a different life to start. I was going to give my child stability, uh, mummy and daddy, you know. So I think for me it was, you know, um, it was about, you know, feeling like I'd let them down, feeling like I wasn't enough for what they needed, um, feeling like they were missing out because of me. Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. And also, um, like, you know, worrying about, you know, if someone would love me, like with a baby. Um, 
And yeah, the other thing was obviously like never really having that respite because like I remember when the, sometimes like Joe would be awake, my first would be awake so much through the night that I remember when the sun came up and it was time to go for work, to work, I would always be so grateful that I didn't have to keep waking up every hour and a half. Like it is exhausting and there's not that person you can know you can lay your head into their chest and kind of just recoup. And I think that was really hard for me. Um, so I searched a lot for that and a lot of like I searched for it um, and I ended up um, getting married when I was a, a year and a half years, years old um, and I had a great marriage in regards to like um, running a business together and um, you know kind of like it was kind of like two housemates at some time like at some point like there wasn't like there was a picket fence there was money in the bank I had a big rock on my finger I had all the things but my soul was really unhappy um, after I got all the things that I thought that my son was missing out on um, so I had that family dynamic you know so, yeah, so I guess that for being a single mom, that was probably the hardest thing, but also then, you know, chasing what I was desiring and also, um, you know, it, it, marrying someone that probably it wasn't the ideal person for me. But, again, I didn't really know who I was until, you know, later on anyway. So I get that the path that I took was the right path then. And when I did marry that man, I thought 100%, like I'm all in, this is 100%. And I was very blessed to, you know, have another child. Um and have my son Jet, who's now seven. So, you know, if I didn't go down that path, I wouldn't have my son. Yes. So, yeah, so I thought I had the picket fence. So that's definitely one of the struggles is trying to chase, you know, what everyone else has. How did you harness, I suppose, like harness your maternal power when you were solo parenting and just before you did go into that marriage to keep a positive mindset? Because I think that's something that the number one thing I think women would struggle with being solo parenting, because, you know, I'm on my own with the babies all day. And by the time my husband gets in the door at six o'clock, I'm like, here, take them away. Um, Mm. You are carrying the emotional, physical burden. Well, not burden, maybe that's the wrong word, but it's all Mm. on you. How, How do you move through that when you're going through your own emotions and carrying your child's emotions when you're on your own and you don't have that, that support at home? Um, I think for me in a really unhealthy way that survival became my way of living. So I honestly feel like I was in a better state when I knew it was just us. I felt like I always said I'm stronger on my own. Um, And it wasn't actually until I met Mark um, and until I surrendered to Mark, it took me about a year to do that, um, that I was really able to, you know, to trust and lean on someone. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, I don't think I was coping at all. Um, And I think that I deal with the aftermath of that, um, even to today, because my body really did crash, Um, you know, and I, I think that um, to create the, I think I was just, my whole mindset was survival. Mm. and you know most of the time you don't even have time to think about that like you're just trying to get by and you're so lost in what you're doing you know and I kind of think that you know I was going out I was I got onto Duramine I was taking way too much Duramine you know like I I kind of was I was going out you know I got a nighttime job too I was kind of abusing myself in other ways Mm. um to cope and numb essentially yeah almost yeah almost numb the numb the pain of it um and I still think even to today it's when I'm you know unpacking it and doing the work now as an like as in you know five six years down the track Mm. um is it really surfacing I don't think that I ever dealt with it I'm you know I think that I yeah I don't think I ever dealt with it then and I think I think it was just to get by 
Yeah, I, I completely resonate with with everything that you've sort of said there. I pers- like I'm married and um, I have not been through a separation and I haven't had to solo parent, but I was raised by a solo parent and it was definitely ingrained to me. I feel like my mum was very similar. She was in survival mode a lot of the time. I think that she um, numbed, numbed the pain um, by staying busy, by working three jobs, by not, you know, sitting in the pain so that she wouldn't have to feel it essentially. So, yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from there. And it's funny, the statistic for divorce in Australia is one in three. So I'm from a divorce family and it's had that presence through my entire childhood. And I would call it a brave decision, but that you made later in life from your first marriage to shift the narrative of your family dynamic and reconfigure to become a solo parent again. Mm-hmm. So through this though, you've I've, I've heard so much about you making this huge transformation within yourself. Can you talk to me about this time in your life? Because this was a little bit different to, I guess, the, the first time that you had become a solo parent. This was more mm-hmm. on your terms. Um, well, I firstly think that, um, and this is what I see, and I see the pattern, and I see so many people divorcing and why the rates are so high, because I see people going into a state of like, first of all, the only, the main pattern that I see is people resenting each other. They don't appreciate me. He doesn't appreciate me. He makes me do everything, blah, 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 blah. And there's no communication. There's no working. So then what happens is they finally end up leaving their husbands. You know, they have a set, she goes and buys a new house or whatever. And then she starts looking after herself. She starts doing her hair because she has, you know, the fortnight off or she has a couple of a night off. And then she starts going to gym and starting, you know, losing weight or feeling good about herself. And then she's like, yeah, she, it was my husband. I was so unhappy. He was a narcissist. This is the pattern I see. And I work with women every day. So I see the patterns and I see on the forums, the the pattern of it and then you know what happens is that you know they're single happy posting selfies then they get on tinder and then they meet someone or then they go on these hot dates and have hot sex and whatever and then you know then they meet someone and they fall for them and then bang they're in the same pattern the same thing um just with a different person Mm. Um, and I see this happen time after time after time and I honestly can say if I like thank god that I obviously am not back there because I wouldn't have my my son Harlow, I wouldn't be married to my best friend and I wouldn't be living in this life. I wouldn't have had these breakthroughs. But if I knew what I know now, I could have made my marriage work back then. I don't think, you know, even though it was a different dynamic, I think that so we always are looking about how we resent them and how they're not the person and all these different things and trying to change the person that we're with, you know. And I really feel that the the easiest way out is to leave um and then when I say that like there are positions where things are really toxic and that you do need to leave either the physical emotional whatever on both ends not just a woman to, you know a man to a woman maybe even a woman to a man but I really think that people always think that the grass is greener on the other side and you know at, at the time with my marriage you know there was an old love that came back in and you know he looked like God's gift you know because I was unhappy in my marriage and then I was looking at my old love like oh my god he's amazing and it was a distraction it was a distraction from focusing in on my marriage why would I want to go back into sitting to the shit when I have this sparkly thing over here it was a distraction so distractions are a huge thing that I find with women um and they come in as a test and with a marriage, if you're wanting to work through your marriage, you have to block out any sort of distractions, that are shiny distractions, I call them, mm-hmm. um, and do the work within your marriage because it is hard and I do feel that you do need to wake up every day um, and work on your relationship and it is like a full-time job um, and there is a lot of work to be put into it. 
but yeah, if I knew what I know now about staying in my lane, um, about respecting someone, about understanding the difference in feminine and masculine energy and how that I never allowed my ex-husband to be in his masculine. I was always trying to be the, you know, the um, in control. And if I knew the stuff about my own insecurities and need of control and security, you know, I could have actually worked, had, had, a, had a marriage that was in a better place. But again, I didn't know this stuff about myself. I didn't understand how much I was not allowing him to stand in his power. Mm. Um, and I know these things now and, um, and I call it like stay in my lane. And whenever I start to start feeling controlling of Mark or the situation, especially in business, you know, he's, he's extremely high functioning. He's extremely intelligent and he works complete opposite to me, but I always vision to myself, stay in your lane, Renee. So I vision he's driving his car next to me and I'm trying to pull my hand, like put my hand into his window to, to, to drive his steering wheel instead of just driving my own um, and it all comes down to the stem of needing control needing to gain that control and being in my masculine energy instead of being in my feminine and allowing him to stay into his masculine and you know take power and that's usually when women can finally drop their shoulders is when they let their men lead so they can drop their shoulders and not feel like they have to book every doctor's appointment not have to control everything not have to have the whole world on their shoulders because we are you know, with very capable, powerful men, but we don't allow them to be in their power and then we blame them for being shit. And I think that, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know this stuff. <laughs> this is very, this conversation is very powerful. <laughs> wow. Yeah, look, it's hitting a lot of things on the head for me right now. Um, I am very happily married and I adore my husband. However, we have been through the season of two under two. He has two daughters of his own who live with us 50-50, so week on, week off. Um, So blended family comes with a whole array of issues as well, co-parenting, co-mothering, and then I've got, you know, two under two and the season of sleep deprivation and being a stay-at-home mum but still having to be on top of everything else. And it's grueling and that resentment can come up really, really easily. And the key thing, as you said just before, is that communicating and the masculine and feminine thing. I've, I've recognised this in our relationship a lot. We go, I, I sometimes sit too masculine and he doesn't want me there and he'll push back and he's like, well, man, like I'll do this stuff. You just run your shit. And in particular, you just run the shit at home. And that for me triggers me and I'm like, my role isn't just at home. I can do other things. And he's like, but it is at the moment. Like that's your role right now. And like, yeah. it's, it's interesting how you've just run through those, those things and how, um, yes, I was very, very self-aware I am in terms of our relationship and how that goes sometimes. And it's even like, you know, even in the control of the home, which, you know, in reality, we do manage most things at home, but it doesn't mean we can't, we can't voice and instead of, you know, slamming stuff or doing the silence treating treatment, waiting for them to click on, you know, you can always say, I need you to do this. Can you please do this? Voicing what you need. Like, can you please hang this load of washing out? And yeah. most of the time they'll do it. If you ask them, can you please go to Coles and do the weekly shop? you know what he'll come back and have spent 500 instead of 200 because he's got all the expensive brands and hasn't looked for any sales but you know what he did it so you shut the fuck up and you take your bank card back and you say thank you absolutely and the best thing is like you just said it then if 
we ask them, they'll do it. My husband, if I can ask him anything in the world, and he'll go, sure, babe, no problem. Nothing's ever an issue. Yeah. And I know this, but I still withhold because I need to do it all. I need to yeah. have it all done and prepared because that's in, that's that control again. So it's so interesting. You just made me want to tell him to go and do the grocery shopping this afternoon. Yeah, just, seriously. Instead of puffing, <laughs> puffing, turning the bath on, say, babe, can you please bath him? Sure, babe. You know, they just waddle on in, sit on the chair near the bath, and you're like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Like, it's just you ask for what you bloody need. So you also be my life coach. <laughs> uh, no, I tried coaching for a little bit and I, and I <laughs> didn't do very well. I just, um, I like to show up when I like to show up. <laughs> That's why I don't work for anyone. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I definitely. Yeah, it's really magical once you get that understanding, mm. um, you know, when you're in that, you know, feminine, lovey power, and it even happens in the bedroom. You know, it's hard because you know, if you if you if you're a mom and you're a business owner and you're trying to get shit done, to surrender your body to someone, it's kind of like it's the last thing you want to do because your body's saying no, that's not safe. You're trying to control everything right now. You know, the same sort of thing happens in sex, and I have to, you know, sometimes close my eyes, and go fairy princess Renee, be a fairy princess <laughs> because I because I'm so in my masculine, and like we always say, you know, keep him like my masculine stays at my keyboard because my business, like I'm in my masculine when I'm in my business. Like I, I, I this is my strength. Mm. Um, but, and it isn't just like man's masculine, like we come in and out, like some, he's more maternal and loving and caring and gentle than me. So he sits in him, his feminine a lot too. Mm. And then I sit in my masculine, we kind of go in and out, in and out. Like, but usually when we're both trying to do the things, that's when we clash heads. And I think that not learning that, just being aware of that changed everything for us. Yeah. It's interesting that you touched on there about, you know, bringing that masculine into the bedroom and making sure that you're leaving the door sort of thing. Um, I know that for me, <clears throat> I get really frustrated if it's like, if my husband's like impromptu, let's go for it. And I'm like, mate, I've got a to-do list. You're not on it. Like, no, (laughs) do you need to put your name down on my list? You're at the bottom, but we will get to you. (laughs) I'll like put it to the end. And he's like, he can't comprehend how I could possibly ever do that. And I just can't comprehend how he can just be so impromptu and have this organized. Like, you know, that's what what Mark says. He goes, you know, you just expect me to be on when you're on. I'm like, yeah, mate, but you're always on. So (laughs) when I'm on, you need to work in with me. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, but, um, but yeah. <laughs> Renee, you seem like someone that's done a lot of work um, to become quite almost bulletproof emotionally. And I think that's got to do with, got to do with a lot of your spirituality and your transformative experiences that you've been going through the last few years. Can you share with us perhaps what the work has looked like for you and what's given you that strength? Um, well, Honestly, I had a big epiphany, um, like I was always trying to kind of do things, please everyone, and then I had a bit of a like a fuck you epiphany to the world mm-hmm. and I ended up um, renting out my house, selling everything I own, putting it all on the nature strip, like a lot on the nature strip and ended up moving away from where I was and moved up to the, like, to the bush um, instead of the ocean and um and then yeah I kind of was just like I'm packing a heap of stuff I went over to Thailand I went on an overseas trip on my own um and I did some work over there and I just I don't even know how to explain it like I I work every day like as I was saying before we hit record you know I had a session with my psychologist yesterday 
And I actually texted her and I said, hey, I'm totally cool right now. I'm actually in a really good place if you'd like to reschedule. Or she goes, see you. She replies, see you at 2 p.m. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, uh, like, again, we went even deeper and I was just, like, crippled and I still feel like absolute poo. Like, it, it's, it hasn't been fun. It has just been it has just been unpacking and unpacking and unpacking and unpacking. And for me, it just goes back to like for people who are looking to unpack or work through things, it's just starting to do what feels like if say, if you, something doesn't feel right, changing it, making those little choices. If someone around you doesn't treat you right, you know, changing the dynamic of the relationships or the space that you're in or the environments you're in. And, you know, it's yeah it's it's hard to explain because I've just done so much different stuff and I'm learning so many different things but the core of it really to cut out all the bullshit is what doesn't feel good to me anymore goes so um it's really just and anyone can tell that by the people that hang around or the environment they're in they can always tell what doesn't feel good and then that starts digging and everyone has work to do and you can also you know obviously have a coach or if you don't have you know the money to do that you can you know go get a mental health plan and go get some sessions and hopefully find a good psychologist to just unpack some stuff you can journal um you can start going to you know meditation classes there's lots of free classes around you know just really trying to dig into how you're feeling and getting in tune with that um and then like it doesn't take long for things to start surfacing making the space for it yeah I really like that creating the space for it to surface because I think a lot of us when we've suppressed so many things for so long we don't often allow ourselves the time the space the the energy to heal we just you know I know a couple of years ago I went and done so I was going through something quite traumatic and I was having a lot of anxiety surrounding what we were dealing with um, it was very consuming and I was like, I need to see a psychologist. I know this. I'm always on top of my mental health. I'm like, I need to talk to someone. I'm just going to go and talk to someone. But I didn't allow the space for myself to heal. So I was, I would leave and I would just be busy and I just didn't give myself time to reflect, to journal, to meditate, to talk about it with my partner. I would just, again, and I believe I suppressed it down, whereas now I'm going and seeing someone, um, my kinesiologist, which I mentioned before we hit record as well, and I'm giving myself that time after I see her that even if it's just two, three hours where I just let it come out and I just deal with it how I need to, because I want it. I want to do the work. I want to heal. I don't want this coming up again. So yeah, I really like that. That's, that's something that you touched on there. Digressing into mum life stickers, you have successfully found an, and taken to market a business that I am sure women all over the country absolutely adore. Simply the pantry organization stickers are a game changer for me. I'm all about it. And I see, I've actually seen them since you and I connected on Instagram. I've seen them around Newcastle, which is really cool. But where did this concept and originally sort of Sam one, you touched on a little bit earlier, but diving a little bit deeper into that. Um, well, I kind of, I kind of like, it was just like, oh, mum life. And I kind of wanted people to be able to, that were sitting in it. And this is where the community was, you know, created from was, you know, seeing another sticker and being like, oh, mum life. Oh, like only God. the things that could happen as mum life, like, you know, shit underneath your nails or, you know, all the things <laughs> that you just like, oh my God, mum life. And that's where it really stemmed from. And then it obviously, yeah, went from there to creating a community community to make mums not feel like they're alone like to be able to connect because I really do think community and connection is everything and that's where it stemmed from and grew from Mm, that's awesome and the um, Facebook group too which is just incredible that you've made those those opportunities for mums all over Australia to connect with each other and you know find people that align with where they're at because I know that this season of motherhood for me like you I'm sure you're in it as well is 
you you think that when you have a baby that you're going to have all these other friends that have babies and you can all hang out and have a coffee and sit at the park and talk about things all day, but you don't have time for that. And no. then you're completely disconnected from everyone because you're indoors all day or if it's cold, like it's almost winter, it's too cold to take babies out. I don't want to take yeah. them out. I don't want them sick. So you stay home all day or if it's raining, you're home all day. And for me, I craved connection from mm. other women and I didn't have that with my first son. Um, with your most recent baby, how did you, how, how was that different to the first? Um, well, the, I don't really feel like it is because the first I never was like I, the mother's group were really lovely. They tried to involve me as much as they could, but because I was working, I couldn't attend most things. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the same with Harlow. Like apart from this time, like I do have a couple of special women in my life. Um, maybe probably have actually probably like three or four friends um, only. Like I don't not have any more than that. Um, and, you know, they're really special and they well, all of them have children. Um, and yeah, I kind of don't really, I couldn't think of anything worse than sitting and talking about surface level stuff with a group of women that I don't know. Um, I kind of try to align myself. Like I go to women's circle every second Friday and stuff, but I'm talking, you know, all things deep, all things universe, all things growth. So it's a very different. So even if I was given that opportunity, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yes. Because it's just like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I think I'm really great at creating that space, but I think I'm at a point now where being my, my, you know, I have four children. I'm really lucky to already have that circle um, mm-hmm. and those connections, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that I can't create the circle and support for other people. For example, when I create these meets, people can go to them and meet one person. They don't have to come to the meet again. It's not about making them meet, uh, you know, a great, like big or successful. It's about connecting people, through through and then they can go off into their own kind of Mm. friendships and then you know that's what I feel like my purpose is Mm. but yeah no I just I I couldn't I don't think I can't stand that I I hate that (laughs) I'm too awkward for that I I really am look I yeah I've tried a couple of things and I'm I'm friendly like I'm a I'm a great friend to so many people I'm just really uncomfortable with that sort of thing I think yeah I just don't like it I don't like it I just Mm. just such surface level bullshit yeah and that's why I started this podcast one of the main reasons actually is because I was sick of the surface level conversations I don't give a fuck Mm. about the weather I want to know was your birth traumatic and why was it traumatic and can we dive deeper into that (laughs) exactly you know exactly so yeah that's really what I surround myself with now is people that you know yeah people that I grow from I you know can expand things yeah no I love that have you always had that business mindset do you feel like yeah brained yeah so both my my both my parents are extremely hard-working successful people um I've seen it it's, it's been all I've ever known you know um but yeah no I've also always had that hustle kind of mindset um I was working in volunteer positions from the age of nine at the age of 11, I was running an op shop down in the country doing the till and all of that. Um, by 12, I was, you know, working part-time for a news age, newspaper company taking all the ad details down after school. Um, yeah, so, like, I've always had that hustle. And, um, I, 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 again, you know, it's not about the sticker. It could have been a purple dildo. They would yes. be successful. It's not about the product. It's yeah. about what you're prepared to put in and what you're prepared put in that was a really good idea with dildo but you know what <laughs> oh my god I need a coffee um but yeah no um 
It's about what, how, how, how bad you want it. Oh my God, that's even worse. <laughs> I don't feel like this is going to get any better with purple dildo being the no. concept of the new business. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I'm, I'm you know what I mean? Someone like, a laugh. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else because I'm just going to put my foot in it. But, yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> any advice for mums who are listening who are in the thick of motherhood but also have a new business idea? Um, I think that. Well, for me, I, I hear about people procrastinating, branding, which is procrastinating, but trying to get things perfect. I think my way of doing business, Mark is very different. Mark, for uh, you know, for our products, he took eighteen months to formulate a product, and it nearly killed me mm-hmm. because I just roll everything out. I just wing it. Let's just do it. Let's just get it out there, you know. And let's just figure it out on the way. But Mark's a folder, you know. He likes to fold things and make sure they're good. And I like to scrunch it. So yeah. for me. For people who have personalities like myself and not like Mark, you might need to ask Mark for some advice mm-hmm. for people that like to take their time. But for me, it's just just do what it like through like give it a go. Like what's the worst thing that can happen? And just remember showing up every single day because even now, if I don't show up and I don't do the work, my business won't just continue being successful. I have to do the work every damn day. Mm. Um, because you know, if you don't do the things, you know, and also I believe this is a bit of a woo-woo me coming out but you know I I feel it's a it's a like almost an energy exchange if I don't put the energy into it the money and the currency and the and the growth doesn't come back oh 100% law of attraction like manifesting Mm. it's it's all evidence it's all there right in front of us and we can use these opportunities to grow and evolve with our business plans and our businesses like you've got to put it out into the universe if you want it to happen you can't just sit back and fingers Mm. crossed fingers crossed that idea that I thought of a month ago is going to go somewhere like you've got to do the work sometimes that is a kick up the ass and sometimes that is really hard long hours and I think mm. you know it's, it's funny because uh, you know both you and I owning businesses we would have seen the grueling hours that goes into running a successful business but there's so many people that think that their idea to them build their brand their personal brand or their business is just rainbows and butterflies and oh I just got to get someone to do the marketing and then I can do the rest well it's not that simple it takes a no work. not at all it is it is extremely hard work and you know I hear people say like when I was doing business coaching for a while there you know people were saying oh you know I'd give I'd do the work with them they'd give them action things and then we'd meet again for a fortnight they'll pay me a fortune and they're doing none of the work and it was almost like one of my clients actually said I think it might be better that you actually work for somebody else yeah because at the end of the day, if you're not going to put the work in, you're not going to get anything out and you're wasting your time. A hundred percent. And I think that mm. not being hard on yourself, if you are someone that thrives working for somebody else, that's okay. You don't have to own a business to be successful. And yeah. we're in like this new age where suddenly everyone needs to be a business owner and everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and everyone wants that bloody blue tick on Instagram. And to say that they're an entrepreneur next to it and have the blue tick, like, well, hold on. Maybe that's not going to work for you. Maybe you don't know how to run a business. Exactly. And it and it's yeah, again, you can earn lots of money doing other things, but you know, if it's not if you're not prepared and you aren't someone who is self-motivated and can do things consistently every day, then yeah, sometimes that that's why. Like I, I I really like I feel a bit cutthroat with it, but you've got it's not for the weak hearted, like you've got to get in there and get it done. There's no annual leave for the first couple of years. There's no six yeah, at all. <laughs> you know, it's Yes, once it's successful and it's managing itself, yeah, you get your holidays and you might get your Christmases off and things like that. That's awesome. But you've got to get there first. And people, I feel like that's not conveyed enough. 
Absolutely. I think we've touched on it. <laughs> we have. We've unpacked a lot. I've got one last question before you go. And I often ask it yeah. because I personally feel that every answer is very thought provoking for me. And I know it's thought provoking for my listeners as well. What do you want your legacy to be? Hmm. I want my legacy to be to remember my energy, to remember who I was, to remember how I might have impacted someone's life in a way um, just by being myself or something that I might have shared with them. I really want my legacy to be someone that helped just by being. I don't want to be someone that just gave, gave, gave. I want to help just by being. And I'm hoping that if I can show up as myself every day then even down the person down the street, the person I connect with on Instagram or a podcast I do like with you, that it helps someone. Yeah. Um, I don't care about successful businesses. I don't care about money. I don't care about what article this sort of following. I don't care about that. I just care about the difference that I can make because I really do believe that I'm here to do some stuff. I really do believe that I am a light in this world. Um, and I really believe that, that that will be, it already is my legacy. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much, Renee, for all of your time and your energy in this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inside Out. I really want to grow in this space and make sure these stories and experiences are heard. If this episode resonated with you, I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review and hit subscribe to ensure you don't miss our next conversation. Please also join me on Instagram and let me know what you thought about this episode at Inside Out with Chris. I can't wait to share more with you really soon.